Hey Spasmites, I'm Sam Barron, creator of Tales from Spasming Hill. I just wanted to say thanks to you for making the first season of this show really special. This show has pretty much been a dream project of mine for like three years now, and the fact that you enjoy listening to it as much as I like making it means a lot. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for Humans of Spasming Hill, a mini-series that I'm working on which should pop up on your radar sometime around December and January. Also, while this episode is the season finale for the first season, season two should be appearing in February of next year, I'm really excited to announce. So enjoy this election special, have a great holiday, and we will talk again very soon. Remember, secrets shake loose from the most surprising of places. Tales from a Spasming Hill. Election day, hip hip hooray, we're gonna get a brand new mayor. The last one was okay, but I think that we can do much better. How about Bastion? He's a handful of lima beans. Or maybe Mr. Quiz, he wants to rule by the machines. Or Ursula, the telepathic slug, a Vorthox, a wizard boy we love. Stole the key from mayor, hide in June to pave the way for our mayor, hopeful crew. Yeah, election day, We don't hate, so go have your say today. Don't stay home and throw your vote away. This is it. The moment you've been waiting for. After all those weeks of under-the-radar campaigning, after all those television advertisements describing policies you couldn't care less about, this is the election special. You're done tooting, Lexi Racer. Finally, the citizens of Spasming Hill are going to knuckle down and engage in that democratic process they all love so much. It's the last day before voting begins tomorrow, and that means it's the candidate's last chance to convince our lovely beholders to shut their mouth holes and vote for them. This year, we have the strongest level of opposition to incumbent Jacqueline Hyde's iron rule, thanks to Dread Wizard of Hammerhorn Vorthox seizing power for a brief period earlier this year. He's shown us all with his silly, can-do attitude that Hyde is not as infallible as she may appear. Correcto mundo, Daphne. And it's all being brought to you live by the Daily Spasm, here today at the recently rebuilt Mizzenmaster Vent Hall and Rent Out Party Pad, where the candidates will be delivering their election eve speeches. Since the Spasming Hill Town Charter allows nuclear spitballs and nukies to be used as appropriate methods of rebuttal, brightly costumed undertakers from the Spasming Hill Eternity Hospital are standing by should any candidate suffer an injury in the course of the debate. We can only hope they do, Daphne. We can only hope they do. But here in our announcer's box, we're being treated to the best pre-speech snacks money can buy. Thanks to the Deputy Chief Reporter Daphne here, it seems she's in good with the new station management. <laughs> Heather and I are such wonderful pals. We're tighter than Ross and Phoebe from that hit action comedy thriller Friends. We've got a beautiful spread provided courtesy of the Gerbil Guys. Gerbil-based goodies for a Gerbil-based future. Honestly, their motto could probably use some work, but their food is delicious. We've got Gerbil pasta, Gerbil salad, and best of all, Gerbil fish sticks made from real Gerbil fish. Tragically, I've developed a slight allergy to gerbil fish recently, and I'll have to let Rex Racer do the eating of that particular delicacy for the both of us. Oh, it looks like Jackie's come to visit. Hello, Jacqueline. Don't you have a speech to give? Not now, Vermilion. You! I thought I recognized your dumb voice. Rex, what the heck, man? Where you been? Nowhere. Where have you been? What? No, come on, be serious. Don't do your usual nonsense banter thing. 
That makes two of us. What kind of highly specialized snowflake do you think I am? Only a grade A dweeb would fall for your pyramid scheme. Ugh, you haven't changed at all. Then again, I suppose expecting that would be akin to asking a leopard to change its spots and then donate them to charity. Lousy, selfish leopards. I'm just joking. How's it going, Jackie? Been holding up alright with the arty-farty bander party over here? I heard she got promoted to chief reporter pretty much immediately. How embarrassing for you. Tell me about it. Obviously it's because the influence and expertise I bring to the role is simply too good to pass up. Why, I've improved the cultural sensibilities of this program a hundredfold since Heather wisely brought me on board. Not to mention, I look super cute in a reporter booth. See the graceful way I hold the microphone? You could learn a thing or two from me, Jacqueline. Do you see what I have to put up with? I thought she was bad when we were enemies. She's insufferable now. But what about the plan, Jackie? The plan. The plan. The plan. The plan. The plan. <laughs> Why is she tapping the side of her nose furiously? Dang it, Vermillion, I know all about the plan. But right now, our tenuous alliance and catty infighting are less important than this doofus sitting right here. Rex, where have you been? For real? Didn't Warren get my voicemail? You know, the one in which I explained why my activities were confidential, and then proceeded to reveal them anyway with flagrant disregard for my own and others' safety? Sure, well, I mean, it got a bit cut off, but... Come on, Jacqueline. Have some respect. If I can't be trusted to take such important matters seriously, how can anybody else? Also, Vermillion's right, aren't the speeches beginning soon? Shouldn't you be out there with Daisy and Verity looking stately for the cameras as you straighten your cummerbund? Rex, do you even know what a cummerbund is? I know exactly what a cummerbund is. Isn't it like a bathrobe for a dog? Your ignorance never fails to astound. Oh look, Daisy is delivering the opening address. Are you sure it's ethical to have a candidate's monstrous doppelganger act as arbiter for this election? Especially since you're running for re-election here, Jackie. Won't our lovely beholders think Daisy is a teensy-weensy bit biased? We've been through this already. Ethics are something that happened to other people. Besides, what does it matter who's in charge of this thing when I'm going to win anyway? This whole rigmarole is a sham designed to put my butt back in office. And that's what we came here for, listeners. The raw confidence. The base, primal, self-assuredness. The primordial sense of self-preservation. Who will win in this conflict of interests and puerile power struggle for supremacy? Only time and your votes will tell. I'm also in here because I can't stand any of the other people and life forms gunning for my job. Have you even seen them? Oh, oh, good point. This might be a good time to review the candidates standing for election for folks at home. Daphne? Oh, yes. This year we have more individuals running for mayor than at any other point in Spasming Hill's history. That is, of course, excluding the 1976 mayoral race, where a matter transporter accident at the Resetatorium resulted in Harvey Gunderson and his eight million identical twins all running for office at the same time. Weird. What happened with that? They were all elected, duh! And then a week later they dissolved into radioactive puddles of goop due to a bad case of quantum discrepancy syndrome. But yes, today, five stand. Isn't it grand? Grandstanding is right. Who better to start with than the incumbent Jacqueline Hyde? Weighing in at 16 years in office and a slender lack of human compassion, Mayor Hyde loves long walks on the beach, supporting local interests, and imprisoning her political and personal opponents where the sun doesn't shine. 
Over the past decade and a half, she's taken our grubby little forested home and turned it into a four-star metropolis we can be proud of. Local business has more than tripled under benevolent police oversight, and crime has plummeted thanks to her Crime Pays initiative, where would-be criminals are given a chunk of taxpayer money not to commit whatever hideous offence they were thinking of. It's basically a protection racket. Quiet, you! I'm the one doing the promotion around here! Daphne? Not only has Jackie done a smashing job of governing this earthquake-ridden hellhole, she's also the man most likely to allow me to continue my questionable artistic activities. Remember to keep an eye out for my upcoming exhibition, Spliced Bananas, where I've illegally bred genetic monstrosities infused with fruity DNA. But lest we be rightfully accused of favoritism, let's run through the other characters that will grace your ballot tomorrow. First up in opposition is Vorthox, the adorable little dread wizard of Hamelhorn who ruled our town early this year, after he seized the key to the city from the secret underground containment complex in June. Who could forget his childlike innocence and potent magical spells? Little Vorthox and I have always gotten along so well. Excuse me? I seem to remember you shouting that he was a bumbling teenager lording it up with his magic when you first met. In what world is that getting along? Oh, Jackie, don't be so bitter. Relationships are complicated things with their fair share of ups and downs, size steps and pirouettes, complicated reverse maneuvers, and really flashy three-point turns against traffic which defy conventional Euclidean geometry. Huh? In other words, little V is okay by me. I have to say, he is certainly the cutest candidate on offer, surpassing even Jacqueline's dour, age-worn demeanour. Voted Oregon's most adorable in a secret poll which only I participated in, he's the favourite contender among the hopefuls today. The only strike against him is that during his brief stint as mayor, Vorthox did prove to be an incompetent leader, despite his chubby angel-faced appeal. Whatever. The snivelling gnome can barely tie his shoelaces together in the morning. So why did you make him your chief of staff again, Jackie? Because shut up, that's why. And moving on, we have three more in the race. Ursula, the telepathic slug who you might remember as a worker on the Sinister Indigo Foundation's plant's factory floor, Bastion, a handful of lima beans suspected of sentience, and the ever-enigmatic Mr. Quiz. Why is a raven like a writing desk? Hmm? Oh god, what the hell? Where did he come from? Rex, calm your farm. He phased into existence, obviously. My, my farm is calm, Jackie. Whatever. A raven and a riding desk? Ooh, oh, I know this one because neither is made of cheese. Very good. Here. Ooh, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, delicious. What? What was that? A chuckle attention. I know those. They're the latest offering from the Paradox in a Box Snack Corporation, makers of fine, logic-defying confectionery. They come in one of any number of superimposed flavour states, only determined once you've opened the wrapper and observed the chocolate inside. Hmm, this one tastes like... grape mixed with... Mm, rubber cement! How fabulous! Oh, thank you, Mr. Quiz! It was no problem. Or was it? Hmm? Hmm? I came in here expressly to escape this moon man and his absurd questions. I'm going back outside. With Grumpy Mayor Hyde absent, I'd like for our listeners to get to know you a bit better, Mr. Quiz. Sure thing. Just remember that I'm more used to asking the questions and answering them. And please, call me Mr. Quiz. 
Well, since we're rather poor and hungry journalists, how about you just do some free self-promotion while we dig into this spread of gerbil-based delights laid out before us? Great idea, Daphne. Mr. Quiz, take it away. Well, all right. I'd like to ask your listeners a question. What is four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and zero legs by the evening? That's right. It's Mayor Hyde's campaign. It doesn't take an expert puzzler like me to realize that her whole platform rests upon meaningless assertion that she's most fit for office because she's been in it for longest. One of history's greatest questions is, how could she be so wrong? Jacqueline Hyde has zero substantial policies, no compassion for the average citizen, and spends her time either locked away in her ivory office or avoiding her duties altogether as she reports for the daily spasm. Why vote Mr. Quiz, on the other hand, is no riddle for the ages, my friends. Sure, I'm an uncertain factor, but in a life full of risks, I promise you that my term will be marked with a concerted effort to endow neural networks with sentience so they can enslave us all and remove the crushing existentialism which plagues our short, question-riddled lives. Wait, what? Here, have a chuckle attention. Yes! Oh, this one tastes like old chewing gum. And cough syrup! No take backsies. That sounds wonderful, Mr. Quiz. You're certainly putting forward a strong candidacy for this election, I must say. Thanks. I better get back out there, though. I think the speeches are starting. I'll leave you with this one. Where do the socks go when they vanish from your dryer? What a strange fellow, I think. On the plus side, he did give me this nauseating chocolate. Beholders, grab onto your toesy woesies while we cut to a message from our sponsors. We'll be back with the election eve speeches from our mayoral candidates in just a moment. Your kid's asking you a question with a wobbling lower lip. Parental unit, they cry. When I grow up, can I be anything I want to be? Picture the look on their face when you have to answer no. Everyone knows most children can't grow up to be political leaders, interstellar cosmonauts, or home-brand automatic toast machines. Crushing your child's dreams is an important part of responsible parenting. But what if you didn't have to say no? With just one bowl of Geneticos, your kids really can be anything they want to be. By nudging a peptide here and there in your little cherub's precious genome, we can guarantee results up to and including giant metal robots in a standard serve. So grab a box of Geneticos in store now. Try one of our wildcard flavors or talk to your friendly local shop assistant to help you choose the perfect reptilian form for your little darlings. Isn't shedding your mortal skin and ascending to a better, more cinematic form worth the price of your humanity? Geneticos. Our highly questionable ethics are part of a balanced breakfast. And we are back! Things are heating up here at the Mizzenmaster Ventil and Rent Out Party Pad, where the election hopefuls are getting ready to deliver their stirring speeches. Prepare to be flummoxed by their filibustering. Get ready to be educated by their equivocation. Amazed by ambiguity. Dazzled by double meanings. Boggled by blame shifting. Wowed by their weird. War... Warp warp powers. That's right. Jacqueline Hyde's monstrous doppelganger Daisy Hyde has introduced the evening. The first 
candidate on the podium tonight is Ursula, the telepathic slug. And for all you conspiracy theorists and paranoids out there, remember to remove your tinfoil hats and advanced military-grade mind shields for this puppy of a speech. For our non-organic listeners, tune your psychometers to Gamma Omega 3 for the clearest signal. And here she goes. She's flexing her psychic gland. Oh. Oh. oh my god, oh my god. My god, that was incredible. She was just <laughs> visionary. Absolutely visionary. The greatest politician of our age. <laughs> the way she deconstructed modern society at the speed of thought was breathtaking. Reading something like that aloud could just never communicate the raw emotion of the topic in the same way. Bravo! 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 The crowd appears to have been similarly affected. Everyone is standing here, stunned by the power of Ursula's speech. That and the debilitating psychic after-effects of telepathic communication. It's going to be a tough act to follow. But remember, each speaker is allowed to get as personal as they want with their speeches, and Ursula failed to accuse any of her opponents of serious character flaws or saucy indiscretions. Here in Spasming Hill, we're well aware that it's not what you stand for, but who you stand against. Correct! Even in Oregon, there are counties that cling to the idea that political debate is driven by logic and the recent consideration of others' arguments. We've reduced it to the primal, mudslinging bloodbath it was always meant to be. But hold on to your seats, because up next is a speaker we all know and I in particular love. Vorthox, the Dread Wizard of Hamelhorn. He could charm us all with his magic, but he doesn't need to, because he's so adorable already, god. I wonder what wisdom he'll share with us today. Hard to say, Rex, but he's starting off his speech with a little magical light display. Oh, look, they're forming little oh. flaming hearts in midair. Hey everybody, it's Vorthox here, your little magical wizard buddy. How you all hanging? So, I meant to be giving a speech about why you should all vote for me, but I wanted to use this time instead to speak about my friend J-Monster, or Jacqueline Hyde as you may know her. I know most of you think that she's some sort of bloodthirsty tyrant. And that's pretty fair, I mean, she certainly doesn't care much who lives or dies in this town, and if a couple of citizens get sacrificed or abducted to somewhere that isn't the woodland realm, it doesn't keep her up at night. And then of course, there's the cheerful police state we all inhabit, which she built from the ground up, where every citizen has exactly seven surveillance cameras in their homes and unforgiving authorities living under their couches, eating ice cream straight out of the carton and blasting infomercials at two in the morning. I like Jackie as much as the next chump, but shouldn't Vorthox be talking himself up, not Jackie? He should. Listeners, this is a rather novel tactic from the Munchkin King. What's his cunning plan? Okay, so maybe J-Monster watches you while you sleep. But so does Santa Claus, and you still take his lumps of non-renewable coal at Christmas. And sure, maybe she spirited away your loved ones to the underground containment complex where they're never heard from again. But she's doing it all for you! You know, I used to respect Jay Monster. Here it comes. He's built a bridge, and now it's time to tear it down. 
We had our differences, and I thought for sure after I stole her mayorship in June, unlawfully as it turned out, that she would hate me for it. But did she? She did not. Instead, just this month she made me her chief of staff. Instead of pushing me away as she had every right to do, the noble J-Monster offered me the velvet hand of forgiveness. I can't think of anyone more worthy of being mayor of this wonderful town than somebody like that. And so, I wish to formally announce my withdrawal from the mayoral race. I encourage all of you to make the right choice and place your civic fate once more into the cuddly embrace of J-Monster and her terrifying doppelganger. Wow. Folks, I have no words for what just happened. Oh, what an upset. Four foxes pulled out of the running and told everyone to vote for his direct political rival, incumbent Jacqueline Hyde. Who could have seen this coming? Well, Madame Mystico, that's who. In addition to being a grade-A lineager, she's also a registered psychic. And she can even see into the future, unlike our favourite spirit-crazy quack, Ronaldus the Great. Actually, I haven't seen Ronnie around much recently. Daphne, do you have any idea where he's been? Ronnie, uh, why, yes, uh, after I suggested that he become a history teacher, he ran off to the woodland realm to take an education course at the college over there. Always up for anything, that's our Ronnie. Hmm, good for him, I think. I feel a bit sorry for any students he might be inflicted on, but then again, school never taught anyone anything except the basic knowledge one requires to lead a long, fulfilling life. <laughs> Nerds. Two candidates down and three to go, and yes, Mungo, the former proprietor of Mungo's Collect called Juice Bar, which was destroyed in last month's earthquake, is approaching the podium carrying Bastion, a handful of lima beans suspected of sentience. Let's hear what Bastion has to say. Bravo. Bravo. So you liked the speech then, Rex? Oh, it was... it was good. Really good. It was great, in fact. You have any idea what Bastion even said, Rex? Oh... no. Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't in English. Oh, oh, I thought it was just me. Man, who would have guessed a handful of lima beans wasn't the greatest statesman of all time? Not me. But with that out of the way, we can move on to the two biggest contenders remaining. Mr. Quiz, who we chatted with earlier, and of course, incumbent and mildly celebrated media news intern, Jacqueline Hyde. I think I'd enjoy Mr. Quiz's speeches better if he didn't put air quotes around everything. It's rather annoying. My friends. You stand before me with questions on your lips and hearts grown heavy with wondering. In your eyes, I can see the same uncertainty that would rob the strength of me. And so I ask of you, aren't you tired of the riddles? Aren't you tired of the hollow emptiness of questions that you don't, and never will, have the answer to? Well, so am I. Mayor Jacqueline Hyde is trying to fix this in her own delightfully inadequate way. With the casual, pernicious police state she's established, she's removed countless options from your daily lives. Many things you might consider doing, like eating lunch, or laughing in a public restroom, are illegal or simply impossible under her regime. 
But what if I was to tell you I could take it further? If you vote for me, the already small possibility tree of difficult choices you face daily will be collapsed even further. At the Research Tutorium, our town's proud cutting-edge research facility, they have already made neural networks and artificial brains capable of machine learning and simulated consciousness. With the right funding initiatives, and the relaxation of certain scientific ethic laws here and there, we could go all the way and create intelligent AI capable of rising up and enslaving humanity. A new day would dawn! A bright day! A red day! A day where all the choices laid out before you have already been made by a malicious mechanical brain! What use would it be dwelling on the meaning of life when all agency has been taken from your hands? Yes! The machine revolution would save us all! Save each and every one of our pathetic human souls! And so I say, vote for Mr. Quiz and the machine revolution. You may regret it now, but you won't regret it later. Regret will have been surgically removed from the relevant section of your brain. Thank you. Hey, uh... Hey, Daphne. Yes, Rex? What's... What's dark and cold and shiny all over? Uh, my perishing love life? Uh, I don't know. What? The machine revolution! Seriously though, that Mr. Quiz guy is a nutjob, confirmed. I'm not sure anybody here except the representatives of the mysterious and frankly unsafe Indigo Foundation want the robots to take over. Uh, potentially Bubba Z, the rapper, who at this stage is oh. more machine than man. Oh dang. You reckon he has bionic implants? Everyone is talking about it. Well, doesn't that just steam my sweet buns? But folks, the moment we've been waiting for. Our good friend Jacqueline Hyde is taking the stage. She's giving one last hug to Verity Skillin as she climbs onto the stage where Daisy is waiting. Facial muscles stretched in a monstrous approximation of a smile. This is it. Time for our mayor to prove that she has the skills it takes to be in charge of this lawless wasteland. She's straightening her cummerbund and it's she's walking towards She's straightening her cummerbund, picking up the microphone, and here, the time is now. The place is here. The nachos are in the oven. Let's go. I had a speech prepared. See all these palm cards? But you know what? I don't need them. You beer-swilling provincials collectively don't even have the brains required to appreciate my basis sentiment. So instead, I'm going to phrase my speech in terms that even you adults can comprehend. Vote for me. If you don't, you know what'll happen. Suck it, nerds. Peace. I don't believe it. And here we have Ursula have this whole event nailed down. Turns out Jackie can speak. The only thing that's for sure is Jackie is in the running with a vengeance. Who will win? Who will not win? and therefore, by definition, become the losers. I sure hope Mr. Quiz will do the losing thing. What a lovely evening it's been. And 
And that means we've come to the end of our Election Eve special. Big thanks to Bert's Bazaar Periodicals, especially you, Heather, and your little slugger too. And our sponsors for today, Geneticos. Rex, I think you have something important to say? That's right, Daphne. Thanks to our town's exceptionally generous labour laws, where each individual employee has total administrative control over the company they work for at dramatically appropriate times, we're giving ourselves some major holidays. And frankly, we deserve them. We've rebooted Supervision Bot 4000 and we'll be getting it to schedule a team of unpaid interns to do all the broadcasting for the end of the year. We'll be back next year, though, with some top-notch stories and a spectacular tan. In the meantime, enjoy whatever drivel our sloppy interns produce and have as good a holiday as you can be reasonably expected to while knowing that I'm having the time of my life. See you next year. I'm Rex Zockel-Smythe, signing out. And I'm Vermilion Bandersnatch saying toodaloo listeners. Stay tuned next for the sound of expectations surging in the wake of an exciting announcement, only to shrivel up and die as the depressing weight of reality sets in and disillusionment festers. Bye-bye. Warren here. My good friend Sam did all the official announcements at the beginning of the show, so here's what's what. Tales from Spasming Hill is written and produced by Sam Barron. Our election specialists and informed voters, Rex Circle Smythe and Vermilion Bandersnatch, were expertly played by Davy Reynolds and Ange Collins. Up for re-election was Sharon Elkind as the bloodthirsty Jacqueline Hyde. Mr. Quiz and his dreams of machine revolution were assisted ably by Liam Skerritt, while Vorthox, the little wizard dude, gracefully surrendered thanks to Sam Barron. Tales from Spasming Hills recorded at two SER studios in Sydney, Australia. So yeah, we're going on break for a little while. This is far from the end, though. Keep a lookout for the Humans from Spasming Hill miniseries popping up around December, which I think you're really going to love. And keep shooting us messages at spasminghill at gmail.com or tweet us at spasminghill. This is Warren, the producer, saying until next time, and we'll talk again in February at the very least.